Hello and welcome everyone to episode 64 of the AppDVs podcast. I'm your host Chris Rogers and this week's episode will focus on the Aptera news for the period between May 29th and June 4th, 2022, including the May update video from Aptera. Hello everyone, I hope that you all had a great week. The big news story for the week is that Aptera put out their May update video. In this video, we got some new information about the progress towards production. And I have to say both hats off to everyone on the west coast of the United States who was able to see Aptera in person during their mobility college tour of of college campuses that Aptera recently completed. If anyone who listens to this podcast was able to see it in person, it looks like they had the Luna model out there, please send me an email to apptevspodcast at gmail.com to let me know how it went. I would love to know if any of the versions had prototypes of the new half steering wheel that they're planned, if you were able to see the side view mirror door opening button in action, and any other takeaways that you had. Um, I guess I would say the same applies to anyone who goes to Electrify Expo this weekend, which I believe is in San Diego, and Aptera will also be making an appearance. Going back to the May update video, the first big highlight of the video came around the one minute mark when Sarah Hardwick, Aptera's chief marketing officer and the presenter for this video, restated that Aptera's intent is to begin production later this year. Now, that phrase has been used pretty much in every single interview or video that Aptera has put out in the last six months, but it's worth noting for a couple of reasons. Number one, supply chain challenges continue to plague the electric vehicle industry and and several industries, including battery storage. And so just because they're stating that, oh yeah, we're gonna enter production later this year in February, March, or April, doesn't mean that they haven't updated those projections. Number two, Anyone who's an EV enthusiast knows that the word deadline is almost a four-letter word at this point. Pretty much every company views the term as almost an aspirational concept as well as something that's actually fixed or, or set in stone. Within that context, it's very significant in my mind that as late as June 2022, that Aptera is sticking to the later this year messaging regards to production. It sounds like, to me, I'm reading that they're fairly confident that they're going to be able to get at least a few vehicles across the assembly line and they haven't had any major hiccups or challenges beyond, I guess, a global pandemic and supply chain disruptions that's impacting the global economy. The next big announcement came in the form of a, a number of supply agreements that Sarah announced the company has secured. The first one is a company that the Aptera fans will be well familiar with at this point, which is Alafe, the manufacturer of the hub motors that will power Aptera. The video showed a photo containing the two garages from Alafe, that's Graz Lampich, the co-founder and director of Alafe and Garage Gotovach, the chief technology officer. Aptera's co-CEO, Steve Fambro and Chris Anthony, Pablo Yukar, Aptera's VP of production, and one other gentleman that I did not recognize. The plans of the Alafe agreement will be to begin with production of the hub motors in Slovenia, which is where Alafe is based, that's where they're located. 
before extending production to the United States. And this strategy that is beginning production in Slovenia makes sense to me because both Alafe and Aptera are small companies. It wouldn't be easy for Alafe to start production line for the hub motors pretty much on the other side of the world, especially when I can imagine that there will only be a limited production of vehicles to start off with. So it's not even it's not even clear that it would make economic sense to start up a new production line in another country. And as the as the company as Aptera moves along and streamlines its processes, that's when U.S. production of the hub motors would make more sense to me. There's likely some added quality assurance risk to producing the hub motors so far away from the rest of the vehicle. For example, if there's anything wrong with a motor or if it's damaged during shipping, then I would imagine that Aptera is going to have to wait for the next shipment of motors in order to complete vehicles. However, at the same time, I imagine that risk or hopefully it's outweighed by the improved manufacturing quality of allowing Alafe to oversee the production close to home. The next supply agreement that was announced was with a company that's completely new to me, which is Yazaki, which is an engineering service supplier as well as line prototype production part supplier company, which I'm not really sure what that means. It, it's, I guess that description just sounded sciencey, sciencey, engineering, engineering, STEM, STEM, STEM. But it sounds like they're very important to the future of Aptera. One specific task that they will be involved in is the production of the electrical harness of the vehicle. Uh, that is the wiring, the charge ports, and, and other electrical structures. It's my understanding that with both EVs and hybrids, the electrical harness is one of the, it's one of the key components of the vehicle, which makes sense because of the different quote-unquote fuel source of electric vehicles and hybrids. And the last supply agreement that Sarah discussed was a company that, that I talked about in last week's episode, which is Red Viking. Red Viking is the company that makes the automated guided vehicles, the AGVs, that will drive the production line of the, the factory. They're essentially automated sleds where instead of having some sort of long belt where parts move along at a line that you would see in a traditional factory, there are these, these automated sleds that do the exact same role, only there's no blockage and people would ostensibly be able to walk in between and easily through the production line as well as the direction of the production line could easily be changed and what path that it goes through. One quick follow-up to the Red Viking discussion last week. I'm, you know, overall, I have to say, I'm generally more enthusiastic about partnerships that involve companies that are on the same level of size and stage of development. And that's just because, you know, that's the scenario where I would imagine it's more likely that growth and success targets will be aligned. And there's a similar level of hunger that maybe the companies will be pushing each other. They're, you know, when you're looking at, at, Red Viking and Alafe and um, I want to say Crank Software, but I know they had a, a, a different name. That's the name of the the company that is doing the 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 UI, the user interface software for Aptera. You know, these are all companies that are trying to grow, and they're all pulling in the same direction. They're trying to innovate in different ways, and and I feel like there's a a, a positive feedback loop that can happen when you have all these similarly situated companies as opposed to maybe Aptera partnering with a big name brand and then just kind of getting caught up with whatever that bigger company is trying to do. Um, the next major announcement from the May Update video 
was that the shape of the Aptera has been further refined to improve aerodynamics. Now, I was under the impression that the revisions for the beta prototype were the last areas of improvement in terms of drag, ergonomics, etc. But uh, I guess apparently not. The the video, the May update video, you could see that they, they used some visuals and they teased some of the changes that were made to both the, the front wheel covers, the, that's what a lot of people refer to as the wheel pants, and then the rear wheel fin, uh, as well as the tapered back end of the vehicle, and all of those are improving aerodynamics. And I'm curious how much these tweaks are additional changes on top of what happened between the alpha and the beta prototype, because the video that they showed it looked very similar to the adjustments that were made when they went from alpha to beta as opposed to, I mean, I don't know you know, what sort of context I have for what it would look like when they were going from their beta models to their subsequent gamma prototype models. Of course, my bigger question that I have is how will these tweaks impact the coefficient of drag numbers and subsequently the overall performance of the vehicle? And I guess that's because I'm still holding out for some sort of big reveal or one more thing announcement that the range stats for the vehicle will be slightly above what was originally quoted at 250, 400, 600, and 1,000 miles of range. It, I, I don't think that's a, I won't say, I mean, obviously that's not a deal breaker or anything, and that's not a big deal, but that would be really cool if they were able to exceed that. The announcement of the body shape changes led into perhaps the, the biggest announcement or the biggest reveal of the May update video which is that the Gamma prototype of Aptera is set to be shown soon, with the important caveat that Aptera has already stated that the distinction between the prototype models will begin to blend together from the beta prototype to the, the Gamma prototype to production, and so there's not the same sort of clear delineated distinction between them. This is, in some ways, you could almost think of this, perhaps the new gamma prototype that they're showing is just another version of the beta prototype. But this is still huge news in support of their plans for entering production by the end of the year. That is to say, they wouldn't be moving on to a, I, mean, I guess, they're not going to be able to get into production if they don't get into these later prototype stages, and that includes the Gamma prototype. Additionally, my expectations are that the, you know, consistent with the, the bare-bones beta, beta prototype model, the one that I think of as the Mad Max vehicle that we've seen in, in the track testing, uh, my expectations are that there's not going to be a fully built out gamma prototype that includes all the bells and whistles of the alpha prototypes that they've been taking to shows and, and that people have been able to drive around in. Now I could be wrong, but what I think when Sarah is saying that the beta prototype is gonna be revealed is that we're gonna see renders of the gamma prototype, but you know they're not actually gonna have something that is built in real life and is fully polished. I, I would love to be wrong, but I suspect it'll be, you know, more computer-generated renderings. Um, I and I guess I'll have a chance to ask questions about this since uh, Sarah also announced that they're planning on having or hosting a live webinar sometime in June to show the new prototype and to answer questions for reservation holders. Um, one last Easter egg: the video concludes with a render you can see of Aptera 
driving away and it reveals the Aptera logo. But if you look close at the Aptera vehicle that's moving, I notice that the render has the slimmed down side view mirrors that will be part of the US models of Aptera, at least to start. Now, previously, I've only seen the little camera nubs on the side, but check out that, you know, the more, I guess, realistic visual visualization of what the side view, the slim side view mirrors would look like on an Aptera at the end of the May update video. So in conclusion, and wrapping things up, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this upcoming webinar because, you know, I've got some burning questions about the the vehicle itself, notwithstanding the questions about, you know, their, their likelihood of, I guess, the volume of production that they're anticipating getting by the end of this year. You know, I'd like to know if a final decision has been made regarding the painting or the wrapping of the vehicle. What are the anticipated battery sizes for the 600 and 1000 mile versions, as well as anything that they can tell us about the interior redesign of the vehicle. We, we got some teaser images of what it would look like, but I'd like to know more. For, for example, what do the button rockers on the, the half wheel, the steering wheel do? Um, what will it look like with a, you know, what does it look like for a person inside? There's supposed to be this vision forward system, but I'm curious what the reports are in terms of the viewing angles. And what does the back area of the vehicle look like? Were there any redesigns on, on that side? Hopefully, you know, there's a, a scheduling announcement for this webinar soon. And that concludes episode 64 of the Apt EVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. Also, if you really enjoyed the episode, I include my referral link for uh, in the show notes, which you can use for $30 off your $100 refundable deposit for an Aptera. The Apt EVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, et cetera, et cetera. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to aptevspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at apt underscore EVs podcast. You can also send audio messages through the podcasting website. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies that's used in the podcast. And in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. 